0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be uh, episode 62, and the readings are going to be for the first Sunday uh, of the first week of Lent of 2021. Okay, the first week of Lent of 2021, Sunday's readings. So if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job, please subscribe and share. So... um going to start with the Entrance Antiphon first. Uh, it's from Psalm 91. When he calls on me, I will answer him. I will deliver him and give him glory. I will grant him length of days. When he calls on me, I will answer him. I will deliver him and give him glory. I will grant him length of days. Psalm 91. Okay, so let's go to our... Act of contrition in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I will confess, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God, may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us all our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision, christe elision, christe elision, christe elision, kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the Living God, have mercy on us, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the Living God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the Living God, have mercy on us, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the Living God, have mercy on us, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the Living God, have mercy on us, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the Living God, have mercy on us okay, so <clears throat> let's begin um. I hope everyone uh, had a great start to their Lent. Uh, regardless, um, even if you stumble and fall, continue. The most important thing is not to give up. Uh, even, like I said, if you have a, sl- a slight fall back, just get up. Our Lord did that. Uh, showed us that uh, when He carried the cross to uh, to Calvary, He fell three times, according to to the tradition of the stations of the cross. He got up, didn't stay down. Um, Peter came back to the Lord asking for forgiveness. Judas did not. Judas went and hanged himself. Uh, Despair is a sin. Giving up is a sin. You get up, you keep trying. All right. So um, the first reading is going to be, it's year B uh 2021 reading is going to be from genesis chapter 9 verse 8 to 15 okay okay so this is uh genesis the first book of moses the first of the five books of the torah chapter 9 verse 8 to 15 all right and the god's covenant with noah when he was delivered from the flood and here's a little uh, introduction. The waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all mortal beings. The water, that the, the diluge, the, the world now is the saving water of baptism, prefigured by Noah's Ark. Through Christ's resurrection, sins are washed away. During Lent, I renew my covenant with the Lord by repenting my sin and believing his word. A reading from the first book of moses the book of genesis chapter 9 verse 8 to 15 god said to noah and his sons with him see i am now establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you all the birds and the various tame and wild animals that were with you and came out of the ark i will establish my covenant with you that never again shall all bodily creatures be destroyed by the waters of a flood. There shall not be another flood to devastate the earth. God added, this is the sign that I am giving for all ages to come of the covenant between me and you and every living creature with you. I set my bow in the clouds to serve as a sign of the covenant between me and the earth when i bring clouds over the earth and the bow appears in the clouds i will recall the covenant i have made between me and you and all living beings so that the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all mortal beings the word of the lord thanks be to god okay one more time reading from the book of genesis chapter 9 verse 8 to 15 God said to Noah and to his sons with him, See, I am now establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you, all the birds and the various tame and wild animals that were with you and came out of the ark. I will establish my covenant with you that never again shall be All bodily creatures be destroyed by the waters of a flood. There shall not be another flood to devastate the earth. God added, This is the sign that I'm giving for all ages to come of the covenant between me and you and every living creature with you. I set my bow in the clouds to serve as a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow appears in the clouds, I will recall the covenant I have made between me and you and all living beings so that the waters shall never again become a flood, to destroy all mortal beings. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. Well, let's see what God is trying to say. That was actually not a good way of putting it. What's God saying to us, not trying to say to him. That's really a bad way. Of, I'm sorry. Um God <clears throat> said to Noah and his sons with him, See I am a, I am now establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that was with you, all the birds and the various tame and wild animals that were with you and came out of the ark. Now this is after the flood. Um, The earth became violent. Um, Even that Noah was a descendant of Seth, the uh, the child that came, uh, that replaced uh, Abel, and the rest of Cain's descendants just spread across the er the earth like wildfire, and they became violent and corrupt and wicked um god looked down and he saw that the earth was just filled with violence evil wickedness men were were just corrupt on the earth i mean we don't know what what the earth was like <clears throat> um the, the before the flood but there are various um um scholars and and saints that probably would uh that said that the earth was probably like something out of mythology and legend. Um that there was um I mean giants, some say, but that's a little hard to point out to because we don't know that. All this now it just exists in legend. You know, some even try to say that the Nephilim walked on the earth in those days. Uh, the term just probably means um, it means fallen ones, but also it it could mean that they were like you know they say that the sons of men m- mated with the 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 daughters of the sons of God, but if you read it carefully, it's it meant that they were they, in those days they were like men of renown, uh, uh, men of great stature, uh, basically. What it's saying is, is that finally the sons of God, which is like the sons of Seth, just finally gave in to men like Cain's, Cain's Cain's descendants. And there was apostasy. And when Noah was born, men began to call on the name of the Lord. There were only a small remnant of them. But because it's like there's apostasy in every age, in every era of the faith, there are people who finally give up. They just give up completely. They give up. They give up believing in God. Be, they give up following God. They give up uh, walking in God's way. And they compromise, just like you see the bishops now compromising just like you see liberal catholics who compromise they begin to look at the faith from a very secular humanistic way they be, they give up believing that god that that god can can still communicate to us through miracles they think it's impossible to be holy they think it's impossible to have uh, to have real faith they compromise they bring in the philosophy of of, of of the world, the psychology and the the anthropology of the world. They bring it into the church and they corrupt everything, and and everything stinks, and people, be, you know, like now, many people. In some places, they 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 would have loved it I think if we all received ashes. In some places, they did get ashes, in other places, they didn't. In, in some places, like in England, I heard the Bishop of England decided to close his doors, uh, you know, to to his, to his parishioners on, on Ash Wednesday, tell them to stay home. Pretty sad, pretty sad, because a lot of people wanted some kind of normalcy. They wanted some substance, some connection. In other places, they sprinkle the ashes on your head. Um, you still have to wear a mask at Mass. It's, 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 it's hard. It's very hard. It's, it's difficult and it's, it's not normal. We're not normal yet. Now, a lot of our, our pastors get, did not put up a fight. They gave in the sons of God gave in to the sons of men. And that's what happened. You, you, you marry the philosophy of them. Now, here, God made a covenant. And what is a covenant? A covenant is not just a contract where one fulfills one end. A covenant is giving up self. A covenant can go uh, from God's perspective. Sorry, Brooklyn noise in the background from the street. Is It's a promise that can go past generations. A promise that can go past Noah's generation to the next generation. Here he's making a covenant with Noah, who's now the new representative of mankind, with his sons. And Noah represents Christ, in a sense, a prefiguration of Christ. The Ark was a pre was an image of the church. The flood was the image of baptism washing away the sins of the world purifying the world and just in case Noah and his family with and all the creatures were the ones left behind the others were raptured away washed away because of their sins because of the sins the earth got corrupted polluted up sin and and it was basically God Himself said He regretted making man. He's communicating His broken heart in human words. God doesn't regret anything, but He's communicating to, him, to us in broken heart, in, in, in showing us that He's hurt, that He doesn't dwell in man's heart, that man's heart and imagination is corrupt and, and filled with sin. And we know why, because of what happened with the fall of Adam and Eve. The ark represents the church. It also represents Christ saving humanity. The door to the ark was, uh, to the, many of the church fathers, represented Christ's heart being pierced, and you know, and all the creatures represented all the different nations of the earth all the animals going in there, the bears, the camels, or however you want to call it, you know, all the, whatever, however however they looked in those days and everything, the elephants and everything, they all went in there and they represented it. And I remember like when Peter had the vision and the net came down and they were all different, various creatures represented the different nations. Now, the bow that he's talking about doesn't use the word rainbow we call it rainbow in English. but actuality it's a warrior's bow, a warrior's bow, the part that's bent, the wood. when when a warrior holds it down and it's curved that's God resting his warrior arm his warrior arm he's holding down his his warrior you know his his weapon in peace so it's like you know like you see the bow the the uh the long bow of, of a warrior or something and he holds it down in uh with the curved going up he's at peace he's not going to shoot he's not going to shoot his his arrows at, at us, which means the flood and no more catastrophes. That's what he's saying. The covenant between me and you and every living creature with you. I set my bow in the clouds to serve as a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and after the, after the rain, the bow appears in the clouds. I will recall the covenant I made between me and you and all living beings. So. God has made a covenant with all creation. How does that sound like a, a mean, a, a mean, old, grumpy old God? Now, the reason why all the animals went in, one male and one female, is because according to the rabbinical teachings, men began to practice bestiality, men began to corrupt the image of of god and man and, be, and began to began to treat god's creation in a horrible way so god cares about all living things he cares about the 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 dignity of creation he cares about it cuz he made it he owns it it's his he the same way he cares about the image of man and man should care about the image of the dignity that God has given him and the responsibility of creation, it's it's there. Who's to say that we don't care about it? The problem is, is that the people on the other end will hold it in a way that r- removes the dignity of it, that, that in a sense they hold it in a sense to the point that they worship it, the so-called environmentalists, they tend, you, you see them hugging trees and hugging and, and literally almost like they want to make love with it, with their dogs and their pets. They want to give human rights to, to apes. They want to give human, uh, they, you know, they want to, to monkeys and everything that removes the dignity, caring about them and giving them the dignity that in the state that the God has given the creatures, not adding to something that is not there, that is wrong, caring, treating an animal politely, respectfully, not abusively, treating creation, treating all everything in a respectful way, according to the dignity that God has given it. Not more, not less. That's how you do it. And, That this is something that man needs to learn how to do. And unfortunately, when you don't have God in your heart, you will always go beyond what God, what God intends you to do. You will always either abuse it, abuse it, either you will treat it with disrespect or add far more dignity to it than what God intends that's the problem and so he added the cup, he added his bow to the sky meaning he rested his war arm he he you know he's not going to make he's not going to destroy the earth as before he knows that man is sinful and he knows that man man will not always have god in his heart so this is a sad problem and now for we have now the new bapt—we have the new covenant, made in Jesus Christ, which is baptism, and we understand now. We look at the world; we're closer to God through Jesus than even what Noah and his sons and his children. More closer with with God than the than than Abraham and the prophets, than Moses and Israel, than King David and Solomon. We we have more closer relationship with God through Jesus. All right, let's go to the next one. To the Psalms. And the Psalm is... Psalm 25. All right, so it's Psalm 25. And the response is, Your ways, O Lord, are love and truth to those who keep your covenant. Your ways, O Lord, are love and truth to those who keep your covenant. Your ways, O Lord... Make known to me, teach me your paths, guide me in your truth and teach me for you are God, my savior, your ways, O Lord, are love and truth to those who keep your covenant. Remember that your compassion, O Lord, and your love are far from, are are from of old. Remember that your compassion, O Lord, and your love are from of old. Your kindness, remember, In your kindness, remember me because of your goodness, O Lord. Your ways, O Lord, are love and truth to those who keep your covenant. Let me read this one more time, this line. Remember that your compassion, O Lord, and your love are from of old. In your kindness, remember me because of your goodness, O Lord. Your ways, O Lord, are love and truth to those who keep your covenant. Good and upright is the Lord thus he shows sinners the way he guides the humble to justice and he teaches the humble his way your ways o lord are love and truth to those who keep your covenant all right one more time let's read the whole thing straight through we'll read the the response in the beginning and then i'll read it after the three verses your ways o lord are love and truth to those who keep your covenant this is psalm 25 Your ways, O Lord, make known to me. Teach me your path. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior. Remember that your compassion, O Lord, and your love are from of old. In your kindness remember me because of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Thus he shows sinners the way. He guides the humble to justice and he teaches the humble his way. Your ways, O Lord, are love and truth to those who keep your covenant. Okay. Your ways, O Lord, make known to me. We want God to communicate himself to us, to to show us what what he wants for us. Teach me your path. The psalmist is is asking God, your ways, O Lord, make known to me. Teach me your paths teach me how to live show me how you want me to be show me the kind of person you want me to be guide me in your truth in your truth and teach me literally you're asking god to take you by the hand to guide you in your truth and to teach you you want god you want god to to teach you you want god to show you the kind of person he wants you to be the kind of man or woman the individual you want to be the individual that God wants you to be for you are, for you are God, my savior. You're asking God, who is your savior to be your teacher, to be your guide, to show you the truth, to show you how to live, to show you how, how to be. I want that too. We all want that. We want to be better people. We want to be holy people. We want to be the kind of people we want to have a clear, holy mind, a clear thoughts, clear, see things in a clear way, speak in a clear way, be honest, be good, be clean, be an individual. That's not with no shame, with no shame of sin in our lives. That's what we want. All right. We want that because we want to get up in the morning and hold our heads High, not proud, but with dignity—the kind of dignity that God intended for us to be. Remember that your compa- remember that your compassionate, O oh Lord, and your love are from old, from generations before us who came before us who walked in the faith. He has made his promises, and he's showed them how to live. We want the same thing. We want to be the people of God. In your kindness remember me because of your goodness, O oh Lord. We 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 want that. We go through every day where some people don't pay attention to us, where some we, we, we work with people where they mock and laugh at us. We work with people that don't think about us. Our bosses on the train in the subway, going to work, a lot of, you know, and we should also remember how we, how we feel the experiences we have. We should also think of people who, who, you know, don't treat people that way. We don't want to be treated that way. We want to be treated with dignity. So the other person who may be the cleaning lady, the cleaning guy, the guy who picks up the garbage, the guy who wipes the tables at the restaurant, they want to be treated correctly. They want to be treated with some dignity. And that's what we want. In your kindness, remember me because of your goodness. O oh Lord, God always think, always notices the weak and the humble. He doesn't care about the proud and the arrogant because people like that. Don't think about God. They don't think about mercy and compassion. And some people don't even have time. Good and upright is the Lord. And thus he shows sinners the way. That is those who repent of their sins. He guides the humble to justice. And he teaches the humble his way. People should always remember. I mean, always remember. We live a short time. Just a couple of days ago, um, talk radio lost um, Rush Limbaugh. And Rush Limbaugh had terminal lung cancer. And he passed away on Ash Wednesday. You know, he's been around for many years. I remember him since I was a kid in the 80s. And it, memento mori. I know Remember, you will die. Remember, you are dust from dust you came and dust you shall return. You know, I hope he found eternal rest and peace. I hope God showed him compassion and mercy and salvation. We all have We all have a short time in this earth. We have to remember. I mean, I'm sure there were some things Rush Limbaugh regrets saying. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things. I remember him saying some things that were over the top and sometimes that were kind of like, crude and nasty but he was a you know he you know he was a good man in other ways and i hope he made his peace with, peace with god and i hope he repented of his sins and i hope he found salvation i wish him i pray for him eternal salvation but we memento mori we are all going to die we are mortal and from dust we, we came into dust we shall go back and we will have to face our creator All right, so uh, this is something we have to remember. You know, it was on Ash Wednesday he passed. And who knows how many other souls around the world, in the city here in New York or across the country, have passed away or are dying even now. How many that will never be remembered? How many generations of people who have never been recorded by history? That's something we have to think about. We will all die. We are all heading that direction. Momento mori. Remember death. All right, let's go to the next reading is from the first letter of St. Peter. Okay. All right, the second reading is from from the first letter of St. Peter. The waters of the flood prefigured baptism, which saves you now. There you go. You can see the church fathers didn't think of it. St. Peter understood it. Chapter 3, verse 18 to 22. A reading from the first letter of St. Peter. Chapter 3, verse 18 to 22. Christ suffered for sins once. Righteous for the sake of the unrighteous, that he might lead you to God. Put to death in the flesh, he was brought to life in the Spirit. In it, he also went to preach to the spirits in prison who had once been disobedient while God patiently waited in the days of Noah during the building of the ark in which a few persons, eight in all, were saved through water. This prefigured baptism which saves you now. It is not a removal of dirt from the body, but an appeal to God for a clear conscience, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers subject to him. The word of the Lord, thanks be to thanks be to God. Okay, one more time. A reading from the first letter to of Saint Peter, chapter three, verse eighteen to twenty two. Christ suffered for sins once, the righteous for the sake of the unrighteous, that he might lead you to God. Put to death in the flesh, he was brought to life in the Spirit. In it, he also went to preach to the spirits in prison, who had once been disobedient, while God patiently waited in the days of Noah during the building of the ark, in which a few persons, eight in all, were saved through water. This prefigured baptism, which which saves you now, it is not a removal of dirt from the body, but an appeal to God for a clear conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, powers subject to him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I think this is pretty much is pretty clear, isn't it? I mean, think about it. Peter is saying Christ suffered for sins once. There's n- there's no repeating, uh, re- repeating, his death. We don't kill Jesus in the mass. We don't. Christ is not getting crucified again in the mass. No. What we receive is the resurrected Christ and. Peter here is saying saying it quite clearly. Once the righteous for the sake of the unrighteous. He is the righteous one. We are the unrighteous. And this is a covenant. Now remember I said a covenant goes beyond generations. And even though the Israelites have repeatedly broken their covenant with God. Violated their covenant. God himself did not break the covenant. And the covenant is still not broken. The covenant he made with Noah. The promise he made to Adam and even before Noah. And then the promise he made to Abraham. And the promise he made to Moses and the promise he made to David and the promise he made to all the prophets. Even in Jesus Christ, the promise he made to us. It's not broken. It still stands. Jesus himself said, I have come not to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill it. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. People have to understand that. They have to understand the language. So he was put to death in the flesh and he was brought to life in the spirit. Now, some people um, try to say that the early Christian community created Jesus Christ, uh, a memory of Jesus. No, he's not, ta- he's not saying that. The Holy Spirit here is the Holy Spirit. He says that he brought to life in the Spirit. In it, you know, it's a capital S. In it, he also went to preach to the spirits in person who had been disobedient while God patiently waited uh, while God uh, patiently waited in the days of Noah during the building of the ark. In other words, all those souls in sort of like a, I guess you can say, purgatorial state or a state of uh uh, there was a place a middle ground where they waited the righteous souls who who waited for god's promise those particular souls who looked to the fulfillment of god fulfillment of what god promised them through all those days he went down uh, he went to the place of the dead of the of the of the their souls who were not ready for heaven but they were not evil and wicked souls. They struggled with their sins, and he looked forward to the fulfillment of the law, the fulfillment of the covenant. And he preached to them. It says here, he preached to them. And, you know, that's a, a very interesting—in uh, it, he also went to preach to the spirits in person who had— who had once been disobedient, while God patiently waited in the days of Noah during the building of the ark, in which a few persons, eight in all, were, sa- eight in all were saved through water. This, figured, this prefigured baptism, which saves you now, it is not a removal of dirt from the body, but an appeal to God for a clear conscience, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone. You see, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven. And it is at the right hand of God with the angels, authorities, powers subject to him. That sounds pretty clear to me right there. So the hope they were waiting for that hope waiting for looking forward to it. This is like what they call the epicness of, of salvation history, the epic fulfillment of it, the beautiful epic completion of it. I I have to say it's it's beautiful when you think about it and we're part of it we're part of it when we go to when we go to mass when we receive communion we're part of it when we pray our rosary we're part of it when we when you know we talk to our friends we pray for people we're part of it when we fast we're part of it when we're part of this epic faith when we perform penance you know when we when we participate in, in, in liturgy, we're part of it. When we go visit, when we help the poor, when we bring Christ to those people, uh, you know, food pantries, everything, we, we are preaching Christ. We, we are part of him, part of his mystical body, and we perform these beautiful deeds. When we fight abortion, we're part of the epicness, of, of, of the epic f- of faith. All of it is all there. And we have to remember that. Okay, so let's go to the gospel. Okay, so the verse before the gospel, which usually is with the hallelujah, but since we're in Lent now, no hallelujah. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Okay. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Chapter 1, verse 12 to 15. Jesus was tempted by Satan and the angels ministered to him. A reading from the Holy Gospel to Saint, uh, according to, to St. Mark, chapter 1, verse 12 to 15. The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, one more time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Chapter 1, verse 12 to 15. Jesus was tempted by Satan and the angels ministered to him. The spirit drove Jesus out into into the desert. And he remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. One more time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Chapter 1, verse 12 to 15. Jesus was tempted by Satan, and the angels ministered to him. The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. Uh, Very, very short. It's just very short. It's like, what, maybe three verses, practically. And there's a lot here. I know some people, I think when they go to Mass and they realize how short the Gospel readings are, it's kind of like a shocker to some people. Sometimes it could be long and sometimes it can be short. But the the Church in her wisdom, and I'm speaking apart from our uh, uh, clerics, Oh we have many good holy ones, don't get me wrong, but the Holy Spirit is the heart and heart of the church and Christ is in the church. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, drove Jesus out into the desert. Why would the Holy Spirit drive Jesus out into the desert? Did Jesus need to be driven out into the desert? Well, that was always something that sometimes I wondered about why? I mean, I know Jesus knew what his mission was. Jesus knew who he is. He's God and he's man. There's no resistance. And I don't think there is, but maybe in a sense, Jesus was fulfilling something that we don't want to do. And he was expressing something that we don't want. I mean, seriously, I've, I've seen the Holy land and I've seen the deserts. I've seen it. I've been to places. I mean, I saw an owl one time fly down and, uh, grab something. I've even seen a, a hawk or a falcon grab us a, a, grab a, a lizard. Um, actually, no, I saw the, you know, the, the owl grabbed the rabbit. It was a wild rabbit and the falcon, uh, grabbed the lizard, <laughs> but, I remember that, but it's cactus plants. Um, there's snakes out there. There's thorns. There's, um, it is, you know, it's uncomfortable. I mean, you really have to know, you, you have to know how to survive in in an environment like that. And, um, he drove him out into the desert. The Israelites themselves wandered into the, in the, in the desert. Abraham wandered in the desert, lived in the, in the hill, in the wild of Judea. Moses lived in the wild, in the wild, lived as a, as a Bedouin. You know, Moses, Abraham, they lived in that harsh environment. The Israelites had to live that way for 40 years. The the previous generation had to die away. And they had to learn all over again when they were slaves in Egypt dependent on an empire who fed them and treated them horribly. And they were willing to go back to that environment, willing to go back for the food, for the flesh pots of Egypt and bread and then be beaten and molested and let their children be born in an environment like that. And be dependent on an empire, de- dependent on the Pharaoh's kindness, and build his monuments to their false gods and to their egos. Human beings can sell themselves out and also treat other people horribly. Abraham was told to leave the cities and go out into the wilderness. Moses had to leave his life of comfort and live out in the wilderness and be taught how to live as a Bedouin. To read the signs of the desert. When he grew up learning how to read hieroglyphics and lived in comfort, had wine given to him. Had baths, you know, had good sandals on his feet, had some servants to him. And suddenly one day it's all gone. He lived in comfort while his family, his people lived being whipped and lived in filth. And now he had to learn how to live like a Bedouin. Jesus went out to the desert and he was tempted by Satan. Now, Mark doesn't give us the the three temptations here. And often I often wondered, was it just three temptations, or is that just what the Holy Spirit wanted us to wanted wanted the scripture to, to record? And I'm taking a guess there could have been more. There had to be. But there was probably these were the chief three that God wanted us to remember. You know. Turn the stones to bread. Cast yourself down from the top of the temple. And I will give you the kingdoms of the world if you bow down and worship me. Fulton Sheen makes commentary about that, but Mark doesn't record them here. So we're not going to go into that. But he was with the wild beasts and the angels ministered to him. According to the church fathers and many commentators, the wild beasts is a recalling of adam and eve in the garden and also pointing to the wild the animals going into the ark the angels ministering to him is apocalyptic that since he has he is the son of man and all authority all principality everything of heaven and earth has been handed over to him of course this is before the resurrection but still He, he is the son of man. He is the son of God, son of the most high. And the father said at the baptism, you are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. So all authority and power is his already. He just hasn't taken it yet. He just, he wants to fulfill his mission. And the angels came and ministered to him after the 40 days. 40 days is the number of testing. A number of being put to the test and a number that for to be to struggle. The Israelites were in the desert for 40 years. Moses himself was in the desert for 40 years. Abraham was in the desert all his life, and Isaac. Isaac, they were in the desert all their lives. Uh don't forget Joseph. Joseph was probably forty years old. Uh, not forty, but maybe it was only seven. Who knows how many years? I, it doesn't say exactly. But he, he was there. He was a symbol of Christ. He was a symbol of the Christ, and he had access to bread. He was their Messiah. All of them were prefigurations of Christ Himself. Forty is the number of testing. After the resurrection, when Christ. Resurrects from the dead and ascends to heaven to receive his place, to, to go to his place by the by the Father. It would be 40 years from his resurrection to the destruction of the temple. 40 years for Israel to accept the gospel or not to. Jesus has already established his new covenant and the new sacrifice of the Mass. And throughout those 40 years, the sacrifice of the animal still continued. It can't be two sacrifices. One had to go and that was the old sacrifice, the old temple. They had a chance and it was, and it would be, you know, it would have to be removed. Afterward, after the, the desert, we know that John the Baptist had finally been arrested. We just talked. Uh, A couple of days before, um, about John's disciples asking why Jesus and his disciples don't fast. And John's disciples were literally standing alongside with the Pharisees. We fast, and the Pharisees fast, and their disciples, how come you guys don't fast? And I told you about. To this day, in in, um, in Iraq, there's even, I think, outside, but they're called Mendaians. They're descendants of John the Baptist. They're disciples, and they continue repetitive baptism. But anyway, John was arrested, and John himself said that the Lord Jesus had to increase, and John himself had to decrease from the stage. Jesus came to Galilee and proclaiming the gospel of God. This is important here. This is the time of fulfillment. The time of fulfillment. Jesus himself said on the Sermon on the mountain, I have not come to abolish the law or the prophets, but to to fulfill them. He came to fulfill everything, to fulfill what the, what the prophets, what God had done before in the past. Not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. To bring them into completion. The New Testament would fulfill everything of the Old Testament. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. This is how we should live our lives. And we should, sh- we should express this with our friends. We should ex- express this with our relatives. Our workplace. We should live As you know, always live as repented people, not, not wear our our faith on our sleeve, but live it with joy and pray, pray for people. I know it's hard and I think the best thing to do is to pray for people you don't like people you have difficulty liking people who you find obnoxious, rude. Nasty, vulgar, put them on the list and pray for them. Make it your mission to pray for that person. For someone who uses the word, the, the name of the Lord in vain, like a curse word, pray for that person. Pray for someone who is difficult to like. Pray for them. I mean, I'm serious. Find someone at work and pray. Put a target on them. Say, I'm going to pray for that person. I'm going to pray for their conversion. I'm going to pray for their blasphemy. I'm going to pray for their vulgarity. I'm going to pray for them that they can come to, come to conversion. Literally. Because I think that's a good time. Does they, the same way we have to pray for this generation that practices abortion, pray for a generation that actually is in sexual immorality transgenderism homosexuality they're trying to they're trying to get all this gender inclusiveness or this gender confusion pray for people pray for people who are difficult i got to pray for my neighbor upstairs who drives me crazy uh you know on some days blasting his music and i'm going to ask you pray for me as well because it's difficult because i have a mom who who suffer, you know, who suffers a lot. It's right over her bedroom. Try Dri- drives her out. You know, really, I come home and I'm so upset because I'm paying all this rent and my landlord's trying the best he can to help. He's very helpful. He's, you know, he's, he's trying, but unfortunately it's New York city and I don't want them evicted. Who wants to, I don't want anybody evicted. I don't want to be evicted. I just want them to be respectful to be considerate. And unfortunately, they're very loud people. Like I said, let's pray for them. I have relatives that I got to pray for who are still Muslim. And, um, one of one of them I know desperately needs help, <laughs> you know, uh, especially with, uh, some moral issues, but this is a thing. Pray. Really, really, let's put it to practice. Let's put our faith, put the rosary to practice, put everything to practice. Let's pray. Let's really put our faith to practice and believe. Jesus said himself, believe that your prayers are going to be answered. And he began this, this dahiim is fulfilled with the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Believe in the gospel. Believe it means believe in Him. Believe everything. Okay, so this is the um, the end of Sunday, and we're going to begin the first. Uh, this is the first week, so let's um, say the um, the Nesting Creed. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Okay, our Father... blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus holy mary mother of god pray for us sinners now the hour of our death amen and saint michael saint michael archangel of god defend us in battle be our protection against the wild wicked attack of the devil may god rebuke him we humbly pray and now o prince of the heavenly hosts, by the divine power of god cast into hell satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world seeking the ruin of souls Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so uh, I'll be back with Monday's readings. Uh, I hope everything is going well. Please remember to subscribe and share. Uh, it will be a great help. And remember, don't give up. Do not give up uh, during Lent. Regardless what, if you stumble or whatever, let's say just something upset you and you went ahead and you sort you of decided to go have that beer maybe, or, uh, uh, bought a candy bar from the machine because you just couldn't take it, you know, just upset you, but don't go back, get back on, get back on that road to, uh, to passion week. Okay. Just don't give up. And remember, read the, read the Bible, pray the rosary, uh, Stick, stay close to Christ and don't give up. And if you have to put something on TV, um, if you go on Tubi, the other day, I just joined Tubi, T-U-B-I, they actually have some great free stuff in there. That's Christian. Uh, they actually have Jesus of Nazareth on there and they have some other stuff. Just watch anything. Uh, stay away from the Marvel films, stay away from all the other nonsense. Okay. And, um, stay away from pornography, stay away from all that, just if possible, if you have to watch something, watch something on the Bible, on uh, Chosen. Go on YouTube and watch The Chosen. Okay, and just, if you can, just don't don't watch anything else that's distracting. And remember, you can listen to the Bible on your phone. You can download it. Uh, if you have Audible, you can actually buy it or actually sign up. Um, actually, Google, you can buy the... Uh, the the um, Word on Fire uh, series, uh, the Bible, the entire New Testament, that is, from Matthew straight to Revelation, and it's worth it. If you uh, listen to it, it's worth it. Um, Word of Promise is, is a good one. I had that on my phone as well. They actually have the Psalms. They actually have Ecclesiastes. Unfortunately, they don't have the Old Testament the way we have it in the Catholic version, but hey, they also have Jim Caviezel, uh, reading the lines of of Christ. So that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. So, um, just remember, try to, as you can stay holy and stay close to Christ. God bless.